1: Oh, hey, Randall. Steve here. And Larson. Welcome back to Matt Chat. That's right. It's the Patreon fueled show, debate show, where we take various wrestling topics offered to us by our wonderful $20 and up patrons. Uh, they send us video questions. They ask us uh, to debate a topic, and we do so right here on Matt Chat, which you guys can check out on YouTube or any podcast app that has podcasts on it, like. Spotify. It's not a podcast app. It's like a general music audio app. Yeah, but we're there. Yeah, we're there. And uh, we're also on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. What's up? What's wrong? I
2: messed up my computer
1: again. i meant here. Don't
2: here. Get your stop. Oh my gosh! Just get your hands off my stuff. I'm trying to help you. No, you're not. You're making it worse. You're spreading ink all over the place. Just stop. You can't see anything now.
1: Anyways, we're on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. At the $20 up mark, not only do you get to submit your video questions here to Matt Chat, you also got the O Care Package, a poster, some stickers, a comic book. It's fantastic. You've probably seen us talk about it before, so I'll stop here. We're also at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash going in We have a bunch of shirts you can check out and buy if you want to. Another great way to help going in raw. Let's get right into our questions today, Larson. We've got a bunch of great, great, very thoughtful... we got a lot of thoughtful questions. We, today we do. do. We a
2: lot had of great questions. Had
1: to think about stuff. We had to research stuff. We had to watch a match. Yeah. That we hadn't really seen all of before. No. So let's get right into it. Yes. From our good friend-o...
0: Christian! And
3: Here is your question? Hey, friendos! It is the Hall of Famer Christian here with another match chat question for you guys this week. So... This week's 2.0.5 Live went over about 20 minutes and got to an hour, which made me think, what is the best hour of WWE programming? Is it still NXT as it has been for years now, or has 2.05 Live bested it? You guys tell me. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Thank you guys.
1: Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. I didn't get a chance to see... Like, I just heard the video question. Where was he? Was he back in... Was he, is he still in gym club? No. No? I don't think so. You didn't notice where he was? Was he outside or inside? Inside. Oh, okay. Interesting. Undis- undisclosed location club. Perhaps. That's where Christian is. Anyway, it's the best hour of, uh, of WWE TV. It's, it's NXT. It's, it's absolutely NXT. Today, when we're shooting this, is actually Wednesday. And I cannot wait to watch... NXT, Granite 205 Live has been a lot better lately. It's probably the second best hour of TV. If you take out anything involving Braun Strowman and Elias on Raw, if you can conglomerate that in Finn Balor, then it'd be that. But it's NXT. Give me a break. It's the perfect hour of wrestling television. It's aesthetically speaking branded, I believe, specifically for me. It's got yellows and blacks. It looks amazing. You've got amazing talent there. I mean, look, just last week, we had an encounter backstage between Pete Dunne, Roderick Strong, Adam Colbebe, and Red Dragon was Kyle O'Reilly wearing those amazing sunglasses. And the talent, the talent in NXT It's so off-the-charts amazing. They let them wrestle the way they should be allowed to wrestle on NXT. The storytelling is simple. It's fantastic. It's branded beautifully. Even their soundtrack is amazing. Every single TakeOver... Oh, this uh, this episode of TakeOver, the theme is done by whatever cool, weird punk band they've dug up this week. Oh, man. It's the best hour of wrestling TV Bar, not even
2: WWE. Worldwide, it's NXT. Bar none. Bar one. That's 205 Live. Here's the thing about 205 Live. Uh, the show's been on for about a year, and during its time on air, it's been hit or miss. There was a spell last summer when Neville was cruiserweight champion, mm-hmm. when it was hitting on all cylinders, where they were finding a decent. They they from what we heard, Vince wanted the show to be character based, based on over the top characters, whereas Triple H wanted to be based on in-ring competition. And at first, Vince had his way. And because of that, the show wasn't that great. Last summer, it it was starting to hit its stride in terms of the in-ring action. They were starting to let them do more of what they can do. While the storytelling outside of the ring was really good. They were doing a really good job of weaving stories together to create a really entertaining uh, 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 product. And then Enzo came along. Ruined it all. Yeah. The show got bogged down in his endless promos and the whole train thing. Um, Only a few people managed to shine during that time. Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak, and Mustafa Ali. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that Triple H is in charge, the focus is on in-ring competition. And since that change, 205 Live, I think, is for me, in terms of pure wrestling action, the best one-hour programming WWE has in terms of pure wrestling action uh, during the cruiserweight championship tournament. You know they're obviously trying to harken back to the cruiserweight classic, which was fantastic. Uh, the in-ring competition right now, bar none, best on WB television right now. They're giving us just enough character stuff to to, to motivate and add uh, dimension to these matches in terms of storytelling. And then you got Mustafa Ali maybe on his own, going off and shooting these amazing promos and putting me up on the social media, garnering a lot of buzz because of that, because he's doing awesome work on his own, also in the ring. Um, for me, it's 205 Live. I love NXT. I love it. But sometimes, that's what I love about, about, about 205 Live. Sometimes what? I'll get to it. That's what I love about 205 Live. It's, it, it, the show, especially LA flows really well. You get a good match to start the show off, you get a couple little uh, interview bits that provide some uh, character depth, another awesome match. NXT at times, because some of the matches are really short, can feel a little disjointed, like they're trying to cram too much into one hour. And sometimes it works, and sometimes I kind of feel like, well, I wish they would give stuff room to breathe a bit more. Um, 205 Live, the roster's smaller. You get to see you know, half the roster at least every episode. NXT, the roster's huge. Mm-hmm. They're bringing in more talent, mm-hmm. so you can go weeks Without seeing some of your favorite talents on NXT television, yeah, not the case on Two Hundred Five Live. You see them pretty much every week. Yeah, I give the edge of Two Hundred Five Live. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll 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 end with this point. If
1: if I was going to be banished to a desert island or some weird country that doesn't have a WWE Network, but they did say, Steve, you get one wrestli- you get one hour wrestling show every single week. Take your pick. What is it going to be? I'd say NXT. I'm pretty sure you would say NXT as well, because it's a complete package. My only problem, one one of my problems with 205 Live. Here's the thing about 205 Live. So last week, um, in the world of the WWE, the best match bar none, pretty much anywhere, was Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. I think yeah. probably yours yeah. too. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, the week before that, there was probably another match that was equally as fantastic that we could have pointed to 205 Live and say best match of the week across any show. Yeah. Um, this week I have not seen. Oh. By the time this is aired, I've seen Cedric Alexander versus Roger Strong. I'll hazard a guess, probably going to be the best match on WWE TV this week. Yeah, 205 Live has the best matches. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if they put those matches in front of in its own venue yeah. with a hot, hot crowd yeah. and then film those Mustafa Ali-esque promos? as their promos, if they rebranded the show, kind of, at that point, it would become probably, even those no women's division, which kind of bugs me, um, it would become at that point maybe my favorite hour of, of yeah. wrestling TV because that aesthetic that Mustafa Ali has come across. Yes, yes. Um, no,
2: I mean if they had a, a, a they repackaged the there show, there that in it A needs. venue that was actually excited for there the There are things action. that it
1: still needs that NXT has. But
2: I'm that's I, my only bone. Of I'm kind of so used to the crowd being so removed from the proceedings of what's mm. going on in the ring that doesn't bother me anymore. Still bums me out. It, I mean, it, it's, it's a bummer, I, but I, it, it doesn't affect my viewing experience so much. I yeah. feel more bad for the competitors who are busting their tails trying to put on some really good matches, and no one seems to care. The
1: NXT every week at full sale, best hour. Next up, A. O. Worm has a question. Let's see what he. Oh, I like. Ooh, I, this is a tough one. Mm-hmm. I like this one. Let's see what he says.
3: Hey guys, what's going on? With a. O. Worm here. So, should things like battle royals and tournaments and things of that nature. Should the wrestler that is named after, should it just be based off of their in-ring performance and, like, what they've done for the company and for the business of wrestling and for the progression of it? Or should it be a whole thing, like, them being a good person both inside and outside of the ring? I need somebody to play the devil advocate for this match at the base. So let me know what you guys think. All right, guys.
2: Thank you, Ao Worm.
1: Thank you, Ao Worm. Correct. I
3: you can go first if you want. I please. will be the devil's advocate.
1: So obviously, there is a massive there is a massive asterisk here, and that asterisk is if you've engaged in sex trafficking, which has been alleged by many people of the fabulous Mula. Then no, that oh that supersedes everything. You should not have a battle royal or anything named in your honor there are certain crimes and outside of the ring activities, just like they will never name anything the Chris Benoit memorial battle anything because what he did was so heinous. There are some things that are so heinous that it was just, no, no way. However, I do believe that a lot of things, Jake Roberts, for example, Okay? had uh, just some reached some 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 lows in his personal life that could have resulted in him not being around anymore. He turned around thanks to dvp um he's done some you know maybe bad things in his life some people would consider them bad things in his life and he's admitted to them. I would be totally fine because of what he did during his career and on top of that i mean obviously the this you know the fact that he turned it all around. If Jake had never turned it around and ended up dying because of his abuse problems, I would still have been okay with them naming something in honor of Jake the Snake Roberts because of what, you know, his character work was so ahead of its time. His his in-ring ability uh, or what he did in the ring in terms of ring psychology was so ahead of its time. I would have been okay with it. That aspect of his outside-of-the-ring life... Uh, was more tragic than anything as opposed to him, like, hurting other people. Um, I So I think in that respect, I think a case could be made that, yes, they do need to focus, that that it's okay for them to focus on. It's not like the XFL where everybody has to have a pristine record to, to, to play. Uh, you know, like Vince said, nobody can ever be arrested to be in the XFL, right? There are certain things that it's, you know what, people... They they make mistakes. They do their time. They pay the consequences. That shouldn't take away from what they did for the business in the ring in their career. I think that's totally okay. I think there is a line that cannot be crossed where as it pertains to that though. So um so yeah, I, I think that it's okay to forgive a lot of things that people do. It's just. There are certain things that should not be. Forgiven. Yeah,
2: I think we're going to pretty much say the same thing. Yeah, I mean, of course you should take what people what wrestlers did outside of the ring into consideration when you're honoring them with uh, naming a tournament or a battle royal or an award after them. Um, uh, yeah, I mean the, the 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 uproar we saw on social media and even on in the mainstream press now about WWE naming the uh, women's battle royal at WrestleMania after Fabulous Moolah. We've talked about uh, uh, other worthy. Uh, women, mm, they could name oh yeah. that Battle Royal after. Yeah, for sure. They didn't have, doesn't have all the shady stuff that Moolah did in her past.
1: I will, I will, I, I will. Yeah, I will say this even. China. So Triple H famously on Stone Cold's uh, podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. said that she's not in the Hall of Fame. Honestly, and I respected his honesty for it. I really do. He said, you know, for her in ring career because it's it's a point of view that I find I don't agree with. Yeah. But I don't take issue with. If that's, you know, the way they want to go, it's their company and, and, you know, doing pornography in some eyes could be considered, okay, we want to be associated with pornography. Um, That being said, China is infinitely more qualified than fabulous Moolah to have this named after her. And it would make all the sense in the world. Because of Andre the Giant being the eighth wonder of the world and she's the ninth wonder of the world. It
3: makes all the sense. It makes in all the the world. sense.
1: China also won the corporate rumble. And she also won the corporate rumble. It, it makes all the sense and exactly the it right. after
2: China. Yeah.
1: So you know, that's just one name and there's like a bunch of other names. Yeah. People who I mean, I don't yeah, I didn't do extensive research on, you know, what they what they did outside the ring, if they were
2: pristine, if yeah. you will, or not. Well here's the thing, when they when the May Young Classic was announced. I mean, I, I guess maybe in WWE's eyes, Fabulous Moolah is maybe the most well-known women's wrestler ever. Maybe,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, sure.
2: And so when they were announcing there to be a women's tournament, comparable the Cruiserweight Classic, I was like, oh, don't name it after Fabulous Moolah. Don't do it. And they didn't. Bring right. with Mae Young. Wise move. We kind of figured they would have understood. Yeah, right. And then they, and, and that's then,
1: why they named it the Mae Young Classic. Yeah.
2: But then, you know, a couple, or at last week on on Raw when they announced it, Fabulous Moolah were like.
1: Let me ask you really something. let me ask them. Speculate, and there's no way we can know. There's no way we can know. Do you think that this fabulous Moola thing might have just been a hard headed Vince thing? It might be. It feels like it. Could be. It feels like maybe the Mae Young classic was a triple H Stephanie thing. Yeah. And they might have had the foresight to know we can't name this after Moolah. Mm-hmm. And it might be Vince who might have wanted that to be named after Moolah, saying, We're just gonna do this. Maybe. That wouldn't surprise, it me. Would surprise me. I have no idea. I don't know. Um, but it just because you know him and Moolah were pretty close. Seems like it. She's the one that sold him the, the women's championship. Her, her championship. her yeah. championship, yeah. exactly.
2: Which is I mean, she owned the belt, that's why she held it for so long.
1: You know, he could have just made up his own women's championship. I know. I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> like, did he really care about the lineage of her
2: having it for thirty years? I I don't know. <laughs> did it have her face on it?
1: Yes, it literally had her face
3: on it.
2: I don't know. I don't no, know. No. I mean, yeah, especially, I don't I don't understand the, the lack of, of, of thought into uh, associating all that she's done mm-hmm. with your product. I don't yeah. really get it. Yeah. When, when when the information is readily available, anybody, and yeah. a pro wrestling sheet just had an interview with one of her former students. Oh,
1: I didn't see that. Talking, yeah.
2: uh, or sorry, they linked to it. I don't know if they did the interview themselves, but they right, reported yeah, on yeah. it. Um, I think it was Mad Maxine, and she spoke extensively about ripping off her students and you know, worse. Yeah,
1: I don't know. It, it's funny. So. Every, every, it's, I feel like every time they take a couple steps forward, they take a couple more steps back. You know. I know. Anyways, uh, good question, though. Thank you very much, uh, Ao Worm. Uh, next up, oh jeez, uh, this guy, Adam Mayhem has a question. Let's see what he has to say.
3: when well, I started this of the University of those to another edition of Matt Chat with the Champ, ha. Ah, See what I did there Alright guys quick question Now that we know um, what Asuka is doing That she's going against Charlotte And that we're probably going to get Nia Jax Versus um, Alexa Now my question is What's Carmella going to do With her briefcase? Because if she stays in Smackdown She's not going to win the belt After Asuka wins it Like Asuka's not going to lose The belt to Carmella so, is she going to try to use it beforehand and lose? Or is she going to go against Asuka? Or is she going to go to Raw and get uh, maybe get into that Nia Jax-Bliss match and maybe get the belt there? I don't know. Debate it, guys. Let me know. Too sweet? Hardy handshake.
2: Thank you, Adam Mayhem.
3: Thank you, Adam Mayhem.
2: I'll go first this time. Go ahead. Uh, has there been precedent for someone on one brand winning the bank and going to the other brand to cash in? Nothing comes to mind. I don't know if this happened. Maybe it has. But anyways, Carmella's probably going to stay on SmackDown. This is probably going to happen. All right. We're going to get Charlotte versus Asuka at Mania. Asuka's going to go over in a hard-fought, I think I mentioned this in the SmackDown recap, 20-minute match. Yeah. It's going to be a classic. It should be really great. So Asuka wins, but just barely. You know, that's the story. And so she's laying on the mat. She's presented with the SmackDown Women's title, having a hard time getting up because of the physicality of this match. Uh, cue Carmella's music. She comes running out, uh, tries to cash in. She maybe tries to do a move. Oscar reverses into the Oscar lock. Carmella taps out. She tries to cash in at Mania and fails. That's probably what's going to happen. If
1: they don't do that, they'd be foolish, because that is the perfect
2: scenario for everybody involved. Yes. Um... Because right, because yeah, if if when sorry when Oscar wins at Mania, she's gonna have that belt for a while. Yes, and there's zero chance they're gonna have Carmella cash in on her successfully. If you send her to Raw, the problem is you got uh, Nia Jax probably winning the women's title on Raw at Mania um, uh, from Alexa Bliss. Carmella's not beating her either. Yeah, so just set up a a, a moment at Mania that'd be uh, interesting. It would provide a little bit of drama, but everybody knows Carmella's not winning. Be a fun moment. Just do it there.
1: Let's talk kayfabe for a second. All right. Her best strategy, her best strategy should be to pull a Seth Rollins and do it on Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Because that's the most heated rivalry. And what you do is you'd come in halfway through the match or 15 minutes or 10 minutes into the match. You'd run in, make it a triple threat, let them continue to tear into each other, Pounce when the opportunity is appropriate. Mm-hmm. That's what she should do. That's if her character had any brains. That's what her character would do. Um, I, you're right. I don't think there's much precedent, but with money in the bank, no Batista's with the, was with the Rumble win when, when he got oh, in terms of switching brands. In yeah. Terms of yeah. yeah. I don't know if people have like mentioned it before. I mean, there was a time when like you know the brand split. Was like kind of fizzling out, and there was still the the big gold belt, and it was before it was, uh, it was uh,
2: yeah unified, unified yeah. unified,
1: yeah. Um, and so it's like you know the big gold belt to be showing up on the same show as the WWE championship all the time. Yeah. So it's like, would you really be crossing brands at that point if you cast in? Yeah, yeah, in? yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so uh, Especially that's like when they're doing Raw Super shows.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I'm thinking like Damian Sandow.
2: Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I'm just, I'm just, you
1: know. Um. And so, I mean, you know, just because there isn't precedent doesn't mean that they can't establish it. Yeah, obviously. Um, and so I think that would be the smart move for her to, to do that. But what you're saying is the way it should happen because it makes Asuka look amazing. It solves the problem of the briefcase. It gives some some more heat to Carmella. I mean, then she can work with a new story there
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then go in June and win it again.
2: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she could be a two-timer. Yeah, I love her with that briefcase. Oh, yeah, great. I think she's great. Yeah.
1: Uh, Let's see here. The high res Hero, a new face here on uh, Matt Chat, has a question, and let's see what he has to say.
3: Hey guys, high res Hero here, Um, waiting to go to work, so I want to do my first Matt Chat video, Uh, it's always awesome watching you guys, but anyways, what do you guys think when it comes to uh, using, uh, when they bring in EC3, do you think it should be brought in as a baby face? babyface or a, uh, a dastardly cowardly cunning heel uh, Steve you can argue face uh, and Larson you can argue heel alright see you guys too sweet and a firm handshake
2: thank you high res hero wow
3: I've got a toughie here
2: a face EC3 a guy
1: who's so great so great at being a heel there in impact wrestling now he's I guess it's um, Feaster Fired yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just this past Thursday, I'm if we're recording this on Wednesday, I'm assuming he got fired, and that's why he's going to end up on That's when He's going to show up on NXT in the probably. next probably. Yeah, probably. Pretty safe bet. Oh, well, spoiler alert, right? Um, this is on Sundays. Several
2: days after NXT airs.
1: Here's the thing about uh, EC3. He's a lovable heel, which isn't too far away from a lovable face. So I say, why not? He's a hot commodity. Everybody loves EC3, anyways. They're gonna love to hate him, so why not just roll with him as yet another face in NXT? You already have way too many (laughs) faces in NXT, so it's probably not a great idea. But just personality-wise, a tween. How about a tweener? How about a tweener EC3? No, we need. He's gonna. Sorry, go ahead. Never mind. I was gonna mention the spoiler. I don't know what's gonna happen on NXT tonight. If it's been like the big secret announcement thing, I don't know. If that's gonna be. a he's not gonna show up tonight. So I'm gonna just shut up because I think it's on the same episode he shows up. Yeah, it is. They announced that. Okay. Well, I'll shut up about that. I think he's going I think he's a, he's not a lock, but he's in a prominent position to take advantage of mm, something coming something. up. Why do you know? What I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh,
2: no, he needs to be heel. You mentioned that yourself. That there's a, a lack of heels in the upper card in NXT. I mean, the champion's a heel, almost. I guess Adam Cole's a heel. Not really.
1: Yeah, I'm there They're, you know, yeah, they're kind heels. Of, yeah, kind of. But they're people, again, he's they the, love him. The exact same thing as EC3. Yeah,
2: but imagine if EC3 kind of stepped in that Bob Roode-type role in NXT. Yeah. Now that Bob Roode is, is, is happy babyface on SmackDown, at least for the time being, hopefully mm-hmm. they change um, EC3 seems a perfect fit for that kind of role. Mm-hmm. The guy who shows up in the expensive suits. Talks down to the crowd. Oh,
1: you know what he should do? He should lead a faction with uh, Tino and Riddick Moss.
2: There you go. I feel and like. And they share a Maserati. And they all
1: share a Maserati. But
2: it's EC3's Maserati. Right. Now. Exactly. He goes yeah. out and buys a new one. And he gets a new. He one. tells Tito, Tino, you can get rid of that. Get rid of Get rid of that. Rid of this, that. this is better. This is new. Uh, no, he he EC3. I'm not in, you know, like really familiar with his work mm-hmm. in TNA or Impact, but I've seen a little bit of it, and he's great on the mic. He's good at getting heat. Pretty good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Keep him heel. That's what if his what he does best. Keep him heal. Yeah. Let him show up in NXT doing what he does best, being a bad guy.
1: Yeah. Causing some trouble. I want more of just a mischief maker. And people love mischief makers. Look at Dennis the Menace. Didn't everybody love him? No. His neighbor hated him. Well, yeah, his neighbor was a grumpy old jerk. What was his name? Mr. Nelson? I don't know. I don't know what his name. Is. I think it was Mr. Nelson. I don't know. But I don't know. I thought the point of Dennis Menace was, ah, oh, he's a troublemaker. But you love him. No, he just he did, he seemed like an asshole like mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, no mind. Yeah, like
2: why didn't his parents ever tell him like say you know don't don't be an asshole. Yeah, you? don't cause don't cause problems with your neighbor, man. Yeah, he's our neighbor. We gotta live next to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you are know, lucky there wasn't a Homeowners Association. <laughs> yeah. Because then they might have been in some huge trouble with the Homeowners Association.
1: Do Homeowners associations like, regulate what your kids
2: do? No, but if if, if there's a, a, a troublesome neighbor. we are really
1: lucky Child Protective Services wasn't involved. That's yeah. what they're going to a troublesome
2: neighbor about. that can be brought up at the HOA meeting, mm-hmm. and you can face some potential fines, I think. Yeah, man. Really? I mean, some some homeowners associations leave a garbage can out front of your house. They can find you because of that. Yeah, you need to get out of there, man. Next up, we've got, oh, look, this is my, my favorite. Thayer
1: Sabata. Look at this, what is this, like a 12 second question? Something like that. Oh, man. Other friend need me to take note of this guy. Thayer Sabata. Oh, newest winner of chat trivia, by the way. Yes, congratulations, Thayer. <laughs> Thayer Let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys, I'm back with another match chat question. What was the better feud
4: that never happened? Shawn Michaels versus The Rock or CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin? Thanks, guys.
2: Thank you, Thayer Sabata.
4: What?
1: Come on, man. It's CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know what you're going to say.
2: Well, let me say it then. Keep your mouth shut about my side of the argument. You make your argument.
1: Stone Cold was too old by the time CM Punk was hot shit in order to have this feud happen. Doesn't matter. (laughs) You dumb son of a bitch. You know why I'm okay saying that because I'm the one who told you. I said this is your argument right you here. Know, you don't know what I and then you were gonna use you it. You don't know I hadn't already thought of it. So yes, was he too old? Yes. However, it doesn't matter. Stone Cold could have been in great shape. He had plenty of time off. Uh, let's see here, his last match was 2003. Yeah. And then CM Punk really hit his stride in 2010. So let's <clears throat> or 2011. 11, yeah, 11. So that's eight years for Stone Cold to get that body in shape, to get his mind clear, to lay off the energy drinks. I think he could have had one more amazing match in him, him versus CM Punk. Could you imagine the promos? We don't have to imagine them because they did a WWE 2K. Yeah, and it was kind of awkward. It was a little bit on the awkward side, I know. CM Punk seemed like he was starstruck or something. But I think it would have been great. I think if it was a proper feud, a proper proper promos and everything, get a, a heel CM Punk in there. He would have relished the opportunity to go heel on Stone Cold. Oh, man, it would have been it would have been amazing. They're my two favorites, maybe of all time, mm-hmm. CM Punk, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. We should bring back Stone Cold for We Book Raw, have him no, feud he, against he Punk.
2: like 15 years out of being in the ring, man. Well, the it's a video runs. game. He's in his 50s, I believe. What? Listen, you dumb son of a bitch. CM Punk should just go on his podcast. He hasn't been there if you want that then to... to, to
1: I don't think CM Punk needs to be doing any podcast, man. You saw last time what
2: happened. That's a fair point. Anyways, no, that's not the right answer. The right answer is The Rock versus HBK. Uh, the Rock was kind of on his way to Hollywood by the time Shawn Michaels came back to WWE, and sure, I know The Rock has his issues or had his issues with Shawn Michaels back then. Um, but, Talk about his grandma. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also like I guess you know rumors, if you like like uh, potentially there's like maybe. HBK or somebody was trying to hold him back a little bit mm, when he yeah. first debuted. Yeah, when well, everybody does that.
1: <laughs> get,
2: it, like, get over it. Anyways, ex- well, ex- that's where I was going to go. Eventually, that could have been worked out while The Rock was still more or less, uh, for the p- most part, an active full-time wrestler and while HBK came back. Just imagine if HBK came back, uh, had his feud with Triple H to bring him back into WWE, next feud up against The Rock,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like in early 2003. Mm-hmm. Um that could have been incredible. Speaking of awesome promos, The Rock, always an awesome promo. HPK, I think a fairly underrated promo. Mm-hmm.
1: He was good. Not
2: great, but he was pretty good. Oh, by the time he was in DX, I thought he was yeah. damn good. Yeah. 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 He's an underrated promo and yeah, the best sure. in-ring performer probably of all time. Yeah, probably. Um, the Rock, a really good wrestler, even still at that point in his career. The matches would have been great. The promos would have been great. Let him feud for six months. It could have been incredible. Um, you know, given the, the the extensive history between The Rock and Triple H, could have mined some of that. There's a lot to work with. Um, as far as Austin, yeah, he was out of the game for almost a decade by the time Punk was in a position where that feud would have seemed believable. Um, by that point, he'd ring rust would have been a serious issue, um, as we saw from that. That promo video from was it WW2K13 or 12? You can't take that into. It was it awkward. Counts. You can't it take awkward. that they into. Were it awkward. They were counts. sitting there all awkward, like <laughs> it wasn't. It their promos wouldn't
1: have been just sitting down there with good old Jr. Trying to figure out how to like work video games. You know, it's probably one of those
2: weird sales integrations. Where what I like, say, is they don't have instant chemistry, Steve. Oh yeah. Okay. Give well. me Rock HBK.
1: They wouldn't have had instant chemistry either because HBK was rude to the mom's to the Rock's mom. Or well, that's something, or something that the the, the Rock could have weird. like been,
2: you know, like if he's a method uh performer, could have could have tapped into that he's
1: classical baby.
2: He's you think classical? So? Oh yeah. You think so? School of Olivier. Um. You don't think he uh studied the Meisner technique?
1: <laughs> was Meisner classical? No. Oh no. Yeah, Meisner was yeah. Okay. Kind of method. Was method?
2: I guess. I think he was uh, was uh, he, uh, Meisner learned in Strasbourg. I think Strasbourg. Yeah.
1: Wasn't Strasburg in that Godfather movie? Yeah. That was weird. Anyway, and, but I've never seen him in any other movie before. Yeah, I don't think I have either.
2: <laughs> I think he did a lot of stage
1: stuff. I think though. he
3: did stage stuff, yeah. yeah.
1: That's a weird method on the stage. You have all these people staring at you. It's going to be weird. Anyways, um, yeah. what were we talking about? Oh, here's, I'll, I'll, go you one, I'll go you one better. I would have actually rather have seen Rock HBK if HBK never had just freaking left. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know his, his back was all jacked up, but go away for six months and come back that's when it would have been
2: hot. It would have been, but I think also beyond the back injury, I think HBK needed to step away.
1: I <laughs> want oh, to get his head right. Yeah. No, see, that's where have made it great. Because The Rock was hungry and HBK was crazy and trying to keep him down backstage, that would have translated to, like, extra intensity out there.
2: Maybe, but if... if that's why
1: the Attitude Era was great, because everybody hated each other. If
2: WWE back, back then had embraced shoot-style promos in the late 90s like they do now, I'd agree mm-hmm. with you.
1: Yeah, but, okay, come on, like, you know, HBK talking about Bret Hart banging Sunny or something, mm-hmm. having Sunny days. Mm-hmm. Come on, that ain't subtle. No, it's I, not I, at all. <laughs> <laughs> Zero <laughs> it, subtlety to be that. could have been doing something like that, like HBK just calling out Rock's grandmama, stuff like that. That would have been great. That would have been awesome. Anyway. <laughs> And you're right, Austin's been way too old. Yeah, he's been way too old. (laughs) like, man, you get two of the best in the business. And JR's like, all right, let's talk about video games. Austin. What? Attitude era versus locker room here today now with Punk. Who's better? Awkward, man. Why did he see him? He came off like he was, like I said,
2: Starstruck.
1: I probably would. He's sitting there. Oh, a, heck yes, man. a little weird WWE I know. With pilot. title belt and Stone Cold <laughs> over there
2: staring at him. Super intense. <laughs> he freaked out, too. Oh, I know.
1: <laughs> oh, anyways, let's see here. Oh, another great great question from uh, Daryl, the cat Takahashi. Let's take a look.
3: What's with Stephen Larson many Friendos out there? It's the cat, Daryl Takahashi. My question for Matt Chat this week is simple. Besides the three-way at WrestleMania 20 between Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Chris Benoit, what would you say is the greatest triple threat match in WWE history? Thanks, boys.
2: Thank you, The Cat. Thank you, The Cat. Easy answer, easy answer. I'm going to go first. Mine is better. No. Yours might be funnier, but not better. (laughs) Seth Rollins. Versus John Cena versus Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble 2015. It's a hell of a match. It's a hell of a match. Great story being told. I remember there's two instances when I became a huge Seth Rollins fan. One happened uh, when he was in the Shield still. And I don't remember who they were facing. But he, did, uh, he ran out of the ring, did a somersault plancha onto somebody, landed on his feet, slid back in the ring, ran to the opposite side, did the same thing and landed on his feet. This is on the outside of the ring. Yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is amazing. The second time I felt that way about Seth Rollins was in this match, where you have Cena, you have Lesnar. Of course, you know, it was just SummerSlam prior to this, where Lesnar absolutely annihilated Cena to win the WWE title.
1: <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> just keep the <keep> WWE <laughs> title. Yeah.
2: And you have Rollins, who was your Money in the Bank briefcase holder, this yeah. before he would cash in the following WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um but the way that Rollins, who was relatively new to WWE, he's you only know, been around a couple of years mm-hmm. at this point, whereas the others you know, had far more experience, the w- way he was able to establish himself, I think, as a main eventer in this match blew me away. That spot where he dropped that elbow on Lesnar when he's on the announce table took Lesnar out of the match, and for a brief second he thought, oh, someone else other than Lesnar could win it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, being, you know, Lesnar F5, I think, I think Rollins get the win. Mm-hmm. Um, great match. Tons of fun. Really established Seth Rollins as a main eventer, in my eyes, at least. Um, I also thought of Daniel Bryan versus Batista versus Randall Orton. Mm-hmm. Main event, WrestleMania 30. Mm-hmm. Stellar match. That spot where they do the Batista bomb, neck breaker on Daniel Bryan at the announce table where Randy, Randall Orton landed on the, the, the monitor. Mm-hmm. Still don't know how he wasn't out for several months because of that spot because it looked like he bent like he bent the monitor. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was a great match. Awesome storytelling. You're ready to talk about Uncensored 98. All right. Are you,
1: are you, you're editing this. Yeah. Can you please before I so mine comes to WCW Uncensored 1998. It was literally what is? Jeez. Whoa. 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 It was 20 years ago tomorrow. That oh, this, this match March had. 15th. March 15th, 1998. You and I and a couple of our friends. Hilton was there. Probably Big Jim was there. We we're probably at like maybe at my parents' house. It might have been your parents' house, or maybe it was at Big Jim's house. Maybe. It was before I we forget. moved to L.A. Yeah, it was before we moved to L.A., and we were watching this, and I had to go back and watch like the finish just to make sure it was as fun as I remember, and it totally is. Chris Benoit, DDP, and Raven put together a triple threat match. Falls count anywhere, so it was like extreme rules or whatever because there was like a stop sign involved, no DQ, um, and it went all up and down the ramp. It was so much fun for the United States Championship this match was so much fun. It was a triple threat. It was great. It, it just, from like watching the finish, the finish was great because DDP had been laid out on a table. Benoit was looking to, I think, like suplex. Raven off the top, through DDP, through the table. DDP jumps up, knocks Chris Benoit off of Raven, gets up there. Diamond cutter through the table, gets the win. Fantastic stuff. I still remember sitting there watching it at wherever we were. And getting a chuckle out of Heenan's uh, commentary and just having a good old time. You're editing this. I want you to put this graphic on the screen. All right. It's the what? Is that Macho Man? It's Macho Man and Hogan, and there's like a steel frame around them. But like they they decided to get clever with the Photoshop, and so like Hogan is kind of half in and half out. Like his head is behind it. His arm is outside of it, oh, yeah. and Macho Man is mostly outside of it, but then his arm is behind yeah, it. Yeah, that's weird. It's so weird, but look at Hogan's face right here. I want you to remember to put this on. All right, in. well, just, uh, when I listen to it, I will put it in. All right, sounds good. Uh, so anyway, that's my answer. I'm, I'm very, I'll be honest. I'm very proud of myself for thinking outside of the box. Yeah, you thought outside the box. I did, sure. I did. I did. Next up, we've got uh, Ryan McGrath again, a new a new friendo here on uh, on Matt Chat. Yes, and he's got. We had to rack our brains for this question. I love it I love it whenever we have to really yes. think something over. We like to be challenged. Ryan McGrath,
4: have at it. Steve Larson, my name is Ryan, and I got my first ever Matt Chat question for you guys. So Jinder Mahal was given the WWE Championship because WWE wanted to expand into an Indian market. Whether that was the right decision or not is up for debate, and that's a debate for later. But my question for you guys is, I want you to, st- to go into WWE shoes, and I want you to do this again. But you're not going to do Jinder Mahal again, you're not going to do India, you're going to choose a whole new country, a whole new wrestler, who is currently in WWE right now. So I want you to choose a market that is not very uh, big with wrestling right now. Uh, India, they have the great Kali, but that's really it that I can think of. So I want you guys to choose a country, choose a wrestler who's currently in WWE, and debate from there. Have a good rest of your day, guys.
2: Thank you,
1: Ryan. Thank you.
4: There's So, like, there's not a lot of territories
1: where there isn't, like, wrestling hasn't... Uh, permeated them. Yeah,
2: they were it's not popular. Yeah,
1: extremely popular. I, I will go with this though, because I do think that it's something the WWE will be trying to do in the near future, and that is uh, the Chinese market. Obviously, there's like a whole lot of people over in China, and so just you know, just like India, and so there's a whole lot of people out there who might be interested um, in the product. Uh, not that long ago. They signed like eight, <coughs> excuse me, they signed like eight uh, Chinese wrestling prospects. Um, they're still in developmental. Um, there was a great article that I read. CN uh, CNN or Time? Uh, where
2: is it? It's not is it CNN? Is it this one? It is not CNN. It is an article I read. Let's see here. Uh, I just saw a red on the banner, so I thought it was one of those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. Why is it nowhere? Anyways, I saw
1: a great article about it. Um, that was actually from two years ago when they actually signed um, a lot of those talents over, a little less than two years ago. Um, and, uh, and it does. It feels like they are sort of trying to figure out how uh, to go about penetrating the Chinese market with these superstars. Um, so, yeah, I'm having a hell of a time finding it. Oh, here we go. What is it? S.I. is Soul Street. Oh, it was S.I. No, that wasn't it. Well, here's a great article too. Anyway, China, that's what I All said. Right. China. That's a good answer. Yeah, that's a great answer. Cuz uh, it's going to happen. I think.
2: Yeah, it'll happen. Um my thought was uh, uh Benoni, Brazilian. Mm-hmm. Um he won the Future Star Award in NXT <laughs> this yeah. year.
1: He had a lot well, cuz he the he's got the Brazilian population. Yes. They are known to to, you know, be very uh uh fervent? Is that the word? No. Anyways, they're known to back their guys.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, and gals. So he, uh, he is starting to appear far more regularly on NXT television. He doesn't win a lot. But this he this w- wanted to join the Undisputed Era. Yeah. I kind of feel like this current iteration of Cesar Bononi is not the final form. Oh, sure. He's awaiting his repackage before he gets his real proper push. Um, Cesar Re-Bononi. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's... He's huge. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's athletic. He has an MMA back background. Oh, great look, too. Got a great look. They can find a character for him that resonates with him that will allow him to project some charisma, mm-hmm. connect with the audience. I think he can be pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Um, you got him from Brazil. You also got uh, Tanara Conti, a mm-hmm. uh, participant in the May Young Classic, who they signed, who showed up on NXT a couple of times again, recruited by the Undisputed Era to help mm-hmm. them out against Sanity. hmm mm um, I don't know how popular pro wrestling is in Brazil. I have no idea. Yeah. But I know MMA is incredibly popular. Huge. There. Um, and part of the reason I feel like wrestling has been more kind of accepted by mainstream media is due to the popularity of MMA, mm-hmm. um, specifically the UFC. So I don't know if pro wrestling can have that same kind of reaction the mainstream media in Brazil that has here based on the popularity of MMA. But if, the, if it has or if it hasn't and it can, I think... WWE right now has two t- uh, talents, potentially. If they can develop them properly, mm-hmm. that could be huge in the Brazilian market.
1: Well, the WWE, the, this article I'm looking at from uh, Sports Illustrated uh, mentions Wang Bin as one of the guys uh, that they signed up. And I forgot about this. They did a press conference where John Cena talked to Mandarin because they're going to put SmackDown on, uh, in Mandarin or something like that. So, uh, so yeah, they've got uh, John Cena speaking Mandarin and Wang Bin. So, I think uh, the Chinese market is probably going to be next in their sight. Yeah. I like that Tanara Conti, though. I think it's mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, we've got one last question from Dead Riot.
2: It's a text question. Oh, I'll that's
1: right. Yeah, it's no it's video. a text
2: question. I'll just uh, summarize it. Pretty much asked, what's the better match of the uh, two Meltzer-rated six-star classics? Yo. You have Masawa versus Kawada or Omega versus Okada. He gave us positions to argue. We watched... Uh, the Masawa versus Kawada match before we started because I'd never seen it. Yeah, you had started watching it before. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'll just go first. It's I mean, we'll. I'll try to make a case because they're both. They're both great matches.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're both great matches. We can just talk about. Yeah, them. I
2: guess so. I mean, like we're more familiar with the story leading into and the story surrounding the Omega Okada matches. when I did like research, like when I read
1: up on the the backstory behind Masawa versus Kawada it sounded fascinating and it sounded like the kind of thing where if you were there and you were immersed in it and you were awaiting the outcome of this match it's pr- i mean that that adds a lot to it i mean yeah, you know, I like said
2: wrestling is part story and, and story matters and in, in in the the video we watched of it the crowd was
1: Oh my I've never seen a Japanese crowd like that electric. They, electric, just, they yeah. were just
2: so into the match.
1: Like halfway through the match they started doing false finishes. It was like forty minute well, it was like a thirty minute match. They were doing false finishes halfway through the match and that crowd thought it was basically done. Yeah. And there's another fifteen minutes left to it. It yeah. was absolutely insane. I've never yeah. seen a crowd like that
2: before. Yeah. Um uh, but Omega Okada, you know, I think I think in terms of, of wrestling today, that's the benchmark. That's what yeah. matches you know whether it's fair or not, have to aspire to mm-hmm. to reach you know a level of excellence.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, what, I, was it their second match that Melzer gave six and one quarter stars, mm-hmm. the highest rated match ever? And it makes sense mm-hmm. because the storytelling of all three matches they tell one story. Yeah. The three matches tell one story. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you break it down into acts, you've always said the second match is your favorite. Mm-hmm. I might still be partial to the first, but. You can't go wrong with any of them. Yeah, They're all brilliant. They're all brilliant storytelling, well-executed matches that, especially the second one, that pace does not let up for the entire hour. I know. And that is insane. It's crazy. Absolutely insane.
1: And here's the thing, too, is I sort of mentioned this off camera. As as great as Masala Kawada was, and again, I I do think that as a standalone, it it is a fantastic match. It It is such a fun match to watch. But, you know, context is a lot, and understanding the context of, you know, what the story was leading into it, if you, you know, if you watch it and if you're in it, it, that really would probably help. But also, what Okada and Omega were doing, as with any sport, pretty much, and even with, with most entertainment, things tend to get technically better as time goes on. You know, athletes, wrestlers become more athletic. They learn new moves. They learn from the past. I guarantee this is probably a match that both those guys have seen a million times over. You learn from the past. You make things better. You learn how to tell more effective stories. And so just by nature of, you know, the best match in in 2017 is probably going to be better than the best match in 1994. That's not actually really necessarily true, actually, now that I think about it. No. But... A six star. I'll put it this way: a six star match in 2017 is probably going to be better than a six star match in 1984. I'll probably. I'll just put it that way because there's only been a small handful of them, and so the better people get, the 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 more effective they are at telling stories. The better technically the match is going to be. Yeah, that's my. I point. understand your
2: point. Um, and I think that's what both these matches more than anything share in common is that they're telling stories and they're telling them very effectively, and the crowd mm-hmm. is is into it yeah. and if the crowd is into it it's hard for viewers at home not to get into mm-hmm. it as well yeah. Yeah. because the story is resonating with it yeah. um,
1: like if I didn't know the relationship between Masawa and Kawada which I had to look it up before the match I wouldn't have really like the impact of like who goes over in that match is lessened because I didn't know anything about the lead up to it mm-hmm. if you research it beforehand it's like okay cool now I kind of get it but you know we sort of started to get like I had a, I had more of a semblance of the whole Kenny Omega Okada story at you know from the first match, and then obviously in the second match I was like oh man you know because now I've seen what's going what's mm-hmm. happening what's been yeah. happening, um and to witness live what's going on with Okada and his title reign is really something else. I imagine you'd get the same experience watching this match back then, yeah. Being in it and being in the story and being like oh my god this is happening now, um. So, you know, I, I think context also kind of matters. That, oh, it does, know? definitely. Yeah. It's like if you just watched John Cena versus CM Punk, you know, from Money in the Bank that year, uh, and, you know, he bolts with the belt, it's like, oh, that was kind of cool. But then if you see the pipe bomb and everything in between that and the match, yeah, yeah. that's really cool,
2: Yeah, you know. I mean, that extends to other sports because you always hear about in football, oh, yeah, sure. football or baseball these days was saying, you know, like this past year the ball was, was juiced so it flies further. Mm-hmm. And that's why there were a record for most home runs hit in the entire season, stuff yeah. like that, or in football, where now there's a lot more passing. Uh huh. 30 years ago that wasn't the case. So if someone, you know, if you look at someone's career who's a quarterback in the 80s, you know, they look at their career stats and he's in the Hall of Fame, someone now might do that in six, seven years. Yeah, What someone did during their 15-year career but it's all, he, about the, it's all about yeah. what the, the nature of the sport at the time.
1: Even if you take a look at LeBron's title win in Cleveland, if you, if you look, so if you just look at that one game, it's like, oh, that's cool. But then knowing that Cleveland hasn't had a sports championship in God knows how long or, yeah, you know, or the, whatever it is, the to and, that they're, event, yeah. and they're down 3-0 to the Warriors, 3-1, yeah, 3-1 to the Warriors, and they come back from that, it's like, oh, you have the entire story, mm-hmm. I can appreciate mm-hmm. that game more fully. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so yeah anyways so that's, that's it for the Match Chat so like when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and they had one. they won an NFL championship in 60 years or something yeah, like that probably another 60 years too
1: anyways that's it for Match Chat now thank you very much for watching Till next time we'll talk to you later bye,
2: bye. Right, a, little bit more. Have a couple. More stop stop oh my gosh